Welcome to episode number six of the Four Animals for Earth podcast. Today I am talking with Patty Andrasak from New York. The simple action that you can take after today's episode is to plant a little bit of milkweed on your balcony or in your backyard so that monarchs have something to eat. Why? Well, the monarch population is declining rapidly and I think none of us could actually imagine a world without beautiful butterflies flying around, but even more importantly, they are pollinators and they make our crops grow and our food grow and ultimately uh, nourish our bodies. And so they play an extremely important role in the ecosystem and they're disappearing. Uh, We need to save them. And what's really cool is that as individual people, we actually can make a difference with something as simple as planting milkweed in our yards. So for full details, uh, guidance on how to do this, and the show notes, go to foranimalsforearth.com slash podcast slash six. Hi there, this is Brandy, and you're listening to the Four Animals for Earth podcast. This is a space where we inspire each other to take small steps every day to live a more conscious life, helping animals and the planet while we do it. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's all take a deep breath and let's get started. So the generation from that are born in the Canada and New York area actually live the longest. They live about nine months. And they fly all the way from Canada and New York all the way back down to Mexico to start this cycle again, which is like so fascinating. That was Patty from Dutchess County, New York, talking about monarch butterflies. Can you believe those little guys fly all the way from Canada and New York down to Mexico? That just blew my mind. Um, If you're the nurturing type, you are going to love this episode. And I think once you hear all about butterflies, uh, you're going to want to (laughs) jump in and make a difference yourself. Um, Patty has been learning how to help them in her backyard. She started by helping a friend and each step evolved as the caterpillars showed up and then she worked to keep them alive and ultimately help them fly. Uh, Now she's passionate about helping bring back the monarch population and convincing people that they really can help by doing simple things on their own balconies or in their own backyards. Patty started a small Facebook group to build a little community uh, that we can all kind of work to try doing this together. So if you feel drawn to nurturing monarchs and helping, I recommend stopping by her group. It's called the Butterfly Lady, or you can find links to it, you know, everywhere uh, in the show notes and and in the description of this episode. And um, I hope you'll sign up and I hope you'll join us in trying to help. I've been watching your journey, I guess, for about a year now of helping monarch butterflies. And I think it's just, it's, it started from, I know, just like a little bit of an idea for you and turned into Mm -hmm. something much more. And it's been neat to watch and see, and I've felt inspired to want to do it myself because it's such a tactical thing to do. I just want to put a disclaimer out there that I am not a butterfly expert. (laughs) 
I'm just talking from my experience. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So, you know, I wonder what you do know about, so I read that 90% of the monarch population um, had, in the U.S. at least, has disappeared over just the past few years mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that they could literally go extinct in the next 20 years. Do you know um, from what you've learned why that's happening, why monarchs have become a worry? Yeah, it, you know, I had heard that too. And it is a worry because, you know, pollinators, they are pollinators, just like the bees and the bees are disappearing. And it's really going to have a big impact on our food supply um, if that keeps happening. And a lot of the issues with the butterflies are, you know, the habitats are disappearing. Um, park services, although they mean well, you know, they cut the grass like along the highways, uh, open fields. They're cutting down the milkweed, which is the only plant that monarchs lay their eggs on. That's a big problem. Uh, the logging industry, um, you know, as you know, they migrate to Mexico, especially. Um, there's a big problem. They, they migrate towards these specific, really ancient trees in this one area of Mexico. And the logging industry is just taking down all the trees. So habitats are disappearing um, quickly where they lay their eggs, where they um, feed, you know, it takes a, a, a tremendous amount of energy for the butterflies to fly down to Mexico and to fly up from Mexico. So they need a lot of um, flowers that they love to eat along the way. So, you know, there's so many things, pesticides. Um, so less are being born along with their natural predators, you know, um, it was really funny, and I was going to talk about this, you know, as I, uh, you know, as I start to see the little caterpillars appear. Um, they were there one day, and I was all excited about it, and I went out to check on them, see if they were getting bigger, and the first little group of caterpillars were all gone. And I'm like, well, where did they go, you know? And, but I did see a lot of wasps hanging out by the little milkweed plants that I had. So where most of my education came from is Google. <laughs> and I Googled, you know, what eats monarch caterpillars? And I found out that ants and wasps are two of the biggest predators of the monarchs because the wasps eat the little caterpillars um, for nutrition for themselves. Um, and, um, and the ants bring them back for food supply also. And they actually look for milkweed uh, leaves with holes in them. And that's how they know there's caterpillars on them to feed. So sure enough, where I had this little patch of milkweed growing in my yard, um, was right near a retaining wall in the driveway where I saw a lot of ants crawling all over and I did see wasps hanging out by them. So think about that. I mean, they have all these natural predators. Then they have us coming in and, um, you know, laying down pesticides everywhere to keep weeds down because milkweed grows everywhere, you know, besides cutting it down. And then you have, you have habitats disappearing, you know, with the logging industry. So they have a lot of things going against them, you know, yeah, not yeah. to mention other animals that eat the butterflies and, and eat, you know, the caterpillars. So. Mm. Yeah, they, they really do. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, they do have a lot working against them, huh? Mm. You know why? Yeah. Um, do you know why? You mentioned that they're pollinators. Do you know uh, exactly why monarchs are important to like just our ecological system? 
Yeah. Well, because just as bees are, you know, the bees are disappearing too. And we really need these little guys to go plant to plant to cross pollinate, you know, or we're not going to have any crops mm. eventually. Mm. So, mm. yeah. And it's all over. It's all over the country. We need them to, you know, to cross pollinate like with the flowers, mm. you know, so there's a lot of other, you know, species of plants and things that really rely on the pollinators to, you know, go plant to plant to plant to do what they have to do so we, they can bloom and we could get food. Hmm. That's mm -hmm. actually a new learning for me. You know, I guess I always knew that bees pollinated and, and mated the male and female plants together, but I never knew that about monarchs. Is, is that yeah. all butterflies? Do you know? It's all butterflies. It's bats. Bats are really important too. Um, yeah. So we really have to protect the pollinators, you know, or literally we're going to have to go ourselves with <laughs> <laughs> little you like eyedroppers or something yeah you know it's so funny because um I've wanted to have a vegetable garden for so many years and where I live I have so much wildlife in the yard you know between the deer and the groundhogs and bunnies I can't grow anything anything that just comes up and starts to bloom um gets eaten usually and we had um several years ago for my dog just so she's safe in the yard if we can't be out there with her we a big enclosure with a fence around it because we're surrounded by woods and what I did notice was I really didn't have any bees I, I had very few bees and um, and very few butterflies until this started you know so it was after I put a little hummingbird feeder near the near the plants of course the bees were attracted I guess somehow they smell the you know the sugar water or whatever and then I got some more bees in the yard um, but yeah, so the, the, I mean, think about that even on a big scale with farms. Um, I was talking actually to a beekeeper um, that's at our local farmer's market. And a lot of the farms by us are actually um, renting out the beekeepers to put their boxes in the fields for the bees to pollinate their plants. So it's helping both industries, you know, um, with that because there is a, you know, a, a, a lack of bees, you know, wow. not bees now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting because living, um, I suppose it's probably because I live in the middle of Los Angeles, you know, but, um, I used to see and be a little more closely aware of these things when I was like living in the country in Indiana and, you know, in the middle of all the fields and, you know, everybody always talking about it. But I suppose it's because I live in the city that um, I don't have a whole lot of awareness about all of these little tiny aspects of seeing our ecological system kind of starting to um, deteriorate. And mm -hmm. so I read about them in little places, but I, I don't actually see them myself. And it's pretty fascinating that in your backyard, you're able to kind of see this um, micro ecosystem playing out and how different things affect the affect other things and it's like yeah. it's, it's kind of neat it is really neat yeah it's so funny because you know um we've talked about reiki before in our other podcast and reiki really opened my eyes to just really seeing even insects as a you know a being you know more so than you know kind of like oh butterflies are pretty you know 
bees, watch out for bees, they sting, you know. And you don't really look at each animal as something that's really necessary on a food chain. I mean, it's really easy to step on a bug, you know, especially if you don't know, you know, or, you know, uh, spray a bee or something if you don't want them near your food or whatever, you know. And um, it just really opened my eyes to um, seeing that everything, everything's really here for a reason. I mean, I knew that, but even down to the little smallest insect, you know, is so important. Mm, yeah. How did you get involved in helping with monarchs in the first place? One of the women that I work with um, was uh, trying to protect the monarch and um, was going on vacation and asked me if I could foster a chrysalis that she had because she was afraid it was going to hatch and they were going to be away. That's where it all started. You know, and I'm like, well, I don't know anything about butterflies. You know, what do I need to do? And, and so um, I started to, you know, read about monarchs, started to read about the only plant they eat is milkweed. Um, so I'm like, all right, what does milkweed look like? You know, and bought some seeds. And I put a few, you know, a couple of seeds in the yard. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, I had plants, maybe they were, I don't know, three or four inches high. I mean, really tiny with a couple little leaves on them. And I just happened to be outside in the yard and I saw a monarch butterfly come in and kind of light on each plant and flew off. And I'm like, wow, I wonder how she even saw that, you know, like, how do they find that? Not even thinking that she was actually laying eggs. Um, when she was there. So maybe about, you know, a week later, I'm down near where the little plants are, just making sure, you know, there's no weeds around them or anything. And um, I saw a couple of little caterpillars on the plants. And they looked like tiny little white inchworms. And I thought, oh, great. Now I have caterpillars and they're going to eat these plants before the butterflies can even. Not oh, thinking funny. that, oh my gosh, those are monarch caterpillars, you know. So sure enough, that's when, you know, again, I'm on Google all the time. What do monarch caterpillars look like? And they do look like little inchworms when they first come out. And then I did notice on some of the other plants, these tiny little, like the size of a pinhead, uh, little white balls on the bottom of each leaf. And those mon monarch eggs on them. Wow. Um, so I left them thinking, okay, they're, you know, I'm going to get butterflies. How exciting. Um, went back out there and they were gone. You know, they were about, I don't know, four or five little caterpillars and they were all gone. And that's when I noticed the wasps hanging around and the ants. Mm. So I'm like, all right, this can't happen. You know, I like put the milkweed down. Now something's going to eat them. So I um, called my friend. I'm like, what do I do? She said, well, just next time you see caterpillars, put them in something, you know, bring them in the house, put them in something. Um, <laughs> like a cup? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Like, what? Okay. So I ended up uh, buying a, uh, a butterfly habitat on Amazon. This is how this is like progressing now, right? Yeah. And you can see them on there. They're anywhere from like $10 to $100, depending on the size that you want. They're like these collapsible four-sided nets. Mm -hmm. And the holes are small enough. Uh, so wasps and smaller insects like ants can't get in there to get to your caterpillars. Um, I was at one of my nurseries and I saw they were selling milkweed in pots. So I ended up buying three pots of milkweed that had bigger plants, like mature plants in it, okay. to put in this habitat so the caterpillars just could eat it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so I spent money now on plants for the caterpillars to eat, actually, you know. <laughs> and they are such fascinating creatures. They are the only species of the butterflies that have this migration to Mexico. And depending on where you live, so I'm in New York, right? I'm upstate New York, where we get the fourth generation of these caterpillars. So the migration starts in Mexico, and the first generation of monarchs makes it up to, say, like uh, the Carolinas, okay, right? They go there, lay eggs, and then they die. I think they, they live only a couple of weeks, like eight weeks or 12 weeks, something like that. And then the caterpillars that are born in South Carolina, once they turn into butterflies, they fly up to about Washington, D.C. area, lay eggs there, and then mm. they die, mm. right? The caterpillars from there, the butterflies from there end up coming up to New York and Canada and lay eggs and they die, right? So the generation from, that are born in the Canada and New York area actually live the longest. They live about nine months. Wow. And they fly all the way from Canada and New York all the way back down to Mexico to start this cycle again, which is like so fascinating. And how they get there, they don't know. I mean, it's not like one generation teaches the next generation to get there because they die, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they said that they actually, you know, they have like a radar in their head. So they know whether the sun is out or not, they keep the sun to the one side of their, their vision. Mm. So they know, you know, their flight patterns, they know certain mountain ranges that they have to cross over and water. I mean, they fly in all kinds of weather. They do about a hundred miles a day. Wow. To get all the way back down to Mexico. Wow. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I was just so amazed by the whole process. So, I mean, I had no experience with butterflies, did not know anything about butterflies other than I always thought they were really beautiful and cool little creatures. And uh, yeah, it's like, look, now I know all this stuff about butterflies. And now I'm on this, this mission to save them. You know, I planted milkweed all over my yard. I hope it comes up this year. And I encourage everyone to do the same thing. I mean, if you don't want to go, you know, all the way like I didn't have a habitat and, and walk them through all, you know, all of the steps, just, and you could start planting milkweed. You could buy a little packet for like $2, $3 and just sprinkle it. You know, I would say sprinkle it in the edges of the yard because it does grow tall. It gets a beautiful flower on it. Um, but that's the least we can all do is just plant milkweed around other species will drink from it too, you know, and, uh, but the monarchs, that is the only plant that they will lay eggs on. You found milkweed to plant uh, there at your house. Where did you find it? Do you know where people can find milkweed? It grows wild in fields. And a lot of times if you're uh, driving and you see feel like grassy fields because it loves sunlight, you'll see these tall plants just popping up in the middle of fields. It's a very tall plant. It has big leaves on it. It's got a big pod it gets on the top. I'll post some pictures again on that Facebook group, the, the butterfly lady. <laughs> um, I'll post some pictures of it. Yeah. Um, it gets a beautiful pink and white flower, little tiny flowers, like on a long, you know, stem of them. Um, and then when the flowers go away, it gets these huge pods on the plant. 
Um, in the fall, the pods break open and open up and they almost look like the little money stealers, you know, those little feathery things that kind of float through the air. Oh. And that's milkweed. Um, I did find it also growing, like I said, because of there's such an awareness of how important the monarchs are and how they are becoming extinct, you know, if we don't do something about it. Um, my nursery started carrying milkweed. And it wasn't expensive. I think it was like $10 a pot for a huge pot of tall milkweed. That's what I ended up buying and putting the plants inside the habitat because it was getting too hard to just keep going out and picking it, you know. Mm. Um, and if nothing else, you can get packets of seeds. They sell milkweed seeds wherever you see flower seeds. Perfect. Okay, good. Good. Mm. Yeah. You know, I was looking because um, when you first started telling me about how you were doing this, I started trying to see like, does this happen in California, you know? And, and yeah. it looks like the monarch populations, um, the, the, the biggest monarch population, I guess, is, is here in North America. And so it said there's Eastern monarchs and there's Western monarchs. And so pretty much wherever you live in North America, you can, um, you can make a difference. So like the Eastern ones, they do the migration you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And then the Western ones, I guess the ones we have here in California migrate towards the coast and then inland and towards the coast oh, and then okay, inland um, versus like North and South. Well, maybe North, maybe a little North and South, but within like the state, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but I also read that they do have populations now in like Spain, Portugal, New Zealand, Australia. So I think a lot of people who are listening um, if they start Googling about like their local um, monarch population can probably do what we're talking about to yeah. help. So yeah. it's also important too to grow milkweed that's native to your area too, because that's what the butterflies look for. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I read that, that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I read that too. So like you said, going to your local nursery is probably the best first step, mm -hmm. you know, to, or, or if you can find it growing wild. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you said, if you find it growing wild, you might be um, forever in the process of running back out to get more. Get more, I, was, get more. I was, because it dies and they only want fresh <laughs> caterpillars need fresh milkweeds. So as I started to start to fade, it fades fast, like about two days, every two days I was running out to get plants. Um, it was funny because so many, um, so many of, you know, my neighbors and then through work, people were like, you paid for milkweed. <laughs> it grows everywhere. But I didn't even know what to look for or what it looked like, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, you've, you've mentioned the Facebook group that you started a couple of times and I, I love that you're doing this because I think like for me personally, I want to do this with my kids, but it's kind of like, oh, we just, I, I, I don't necessarily want to like Google and try to find everything and, and I'm open to it, but I just know that I personally will not pull off Googling and figuring it out all on my own. And so I'm really excited that you're, you're doing this because I think, um, having like a little community of people to, to do this with, I think is, mm -hmm. is going to be really exciting. Um, it's so great. And you know, it doesn't really have to cost a lot of money. I mean, if, if, if the only thing you can do is put a few milkweed seeds in there or go out to the field, you know, when the pods form, bring those pods home, let them dry out and then sprinkle the seeds everywhere. Um, that would be great. You know, if you don't mm -hmm. want to go through all this, but like I said, little habitats are really inexpensive um, to get, you know, if you want to do that, collecting the milkweed doesn't cost any money. If you want to do that, you know, 
Mm. Um, you could probably even make your own. I just, I like the idea of the netted habitats because like I said, it does keep wasps and other little creatures out of there that might eat them before they have a fighting chance, you know? Mm. I can see how you, you would pretty quickly get attached. You know, it's like just listening to your story. It's kind of like you go through planting the milkweed and getting so excited. You see the little caterpillars, you realize what they are. And then it's like, I felt like so stupid. I'm like, oh, great. Now these caterpillars are going to eat these plants and the butterflies can't even come. Not even thinking that she laid the egg so fast, you know, that that happened on these tiny little baby plants, mm. you know? Mm. Um, Two things too, we're, we're, you know, just to keep in mind too, one of the butterflies that came out um, had something wrong with its wing. And, you know, right away, all my butterflies had a name. I named them all when they were born. I felt everything, everybody deserves a name, you know. You can even, there are um, places and you can Google tagging butterflies. They actually sell tags for your butterflies. They're like tiny, tiny little tiny circle things where you can actually track the migration of your butterfly if you want to you know you would just tack this little uh sticky thing mm -hmm. on the wing i haven't i i don't want to do that because i don't want to know if they make it or not i'm just hoping <laughs> in my mind they're all making it yeah all making yeah it. yeah but i had um one of the butterflies that emerged really late like in september um you know where i am in upstate new york it was cool at night we would we would get starting to get a lot of rain and i knew they needed warmer temperatures to start this whole migration thing and I was really worried about him and um for whatever reason when he emerged his one wig didn't fully dry the right way and um it almost looked detached um in one spot and it kind of curled around the wing and so I'm like oh what am I going to do so I'm googling how do you fix a butterfly's wing I mean you can actually there are videos on you know if you find a butterfly that has a wing torn or something you can patch them and and glue them <laughs> their wings and everything and repair them I haven't gotten into any of that yet but um, and so this one little butterfly I was like oh what am I gonna do you know and then I saw videos on the kindest thing to do you could do two things you could put it out in your garden because some butterflies aren't meant to get all the way to Mexico mm -hmm. some butterflies are meant to be food for other species mm -hmm. so I'm like okay if nothing else they say you can put them in the freezer which basically puts them to sleep. Okay. You know, they, they die in the end if they're maimed and they can't fly anymore. Okay. Or put them out in your garden and just let them be a butterfly, basically, for as long as they can be a butterfly. Even though they can't fly, they'll crawl around in the plants and, you know. Mm -hmm. So I was, like, so upset over this guy. I'm like, no. He had faith. You know, he went into this whole transformation, totally, you know, turned himself into something different. I have <laughs> this butterfly a chance. So he's actually the little butterfly that you'll see eating out of the um, the bottle cap because um, after he emerged and he already had, you know, this wing going against him, um, it rained for like two days here. So I Googled what do butterflies eat? You know, what do you do if you can't release a butterfly? And um, what I found out is, you know, it's cruel just to keep them in the habitat because their whole um, thinking, all their brain thinks about, is flying, is getting out and flying. And that's all he was doing. He was just walking all over the place to try to, you know, figure out how to fly. Um, so you can take a little sugar and water and make like a little nectar. And I put it in a bottle cap and I held him, like I said before, and you saw his little proboscis, mm -hmm. they call it, a little straw come out. He was drinking. So I figured, okay, I'm going to get this little guy as strong as he can. 
And then um, as soon as the sun came out the next day, I had this little guy, he was a boy, he was a male, he named him Winston. And um, I had him on uh, my hand and I swear you will see in the video, I didn't post this one, I could post this one. He actually like looked back at me before he took off, like almost like I'm taking it as like, thank you. <laughs> and he flew, he flew up over my trees and I didn't see, you know, how far he went after that. Uh, but I'm like, my gosh, here's this little butterfly that, you know, everything I read, everything I saw was any butterfly that if they have one torn wing, if their wings aren't exactly the same, they can't fly. Mm. You know, both their wings have to be the same balance. But he flew. So, you know, maybe he won't get to Mexico, but I just felt like at least he had a fighting chance to be a butterfly and fly, you know, and experience that flight. I, I tell you, I was like... <laughs> Yeah, for sure. One proud mama when he like flew over the trees, and, like you go. You know, everybody was saying you weren't going to be able to fly, but he did. Yeah, he flew. Oh, so I don't know if it was the sugar water that gave him the extra strength. You know, he ate for two days, um, and he had the warm sun. You know, for his uh, first flight there. Um, there are, if your viewers are interested, you know, if you go on YouTube. Uh, National Geographic has some really great documentaries out on the flight of the monarchs, um, as well as other people documented their, you know, um, their whole, everything they did, you know, to protect the, the butterflies and things they learned about butterflies. There was one I saw yesterday, it was called The Life of a Monarch Butterfly by Dominique Lalande Films. Um, it's about 15 minutes long. That shows you up close from caterpillar to butterfly. That was really cool. Because, you know, it happened so fast when I saw the butterfly hanging in a J hook. And, I, you know, I kept checking because I wanted to see them start to go into this chrysalis, you know, how they do it. It, it is such a quick thing when they do it. I missed it every time. Oh. So I had to watch it on a movie. Oh, I was going to say, uh, when you were talking about it, I was like, that's fascinating that you caught all these different um moments even wiggle and I'm like oh yeah I'm like oh it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and you know if you just like walk inside and walk out they're in the chrysalis and it's like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah yeah it's fascinating to see uh life on such a tiny level and to be able to see all of these details play out I never thought I was a bug person I never you know really held bugs I mean I held worms you know and uh and things like that but um i just i learned so much and i have so much more respect for even the tiniest little beings now you know mm -hmm. before you think about stepping on something or just dismissing something mm -hmm. you know however little it is um it's really important in the grand scheme of things you know whether yeah. it's for someone else's food supply or for ours you know mm -hmm. they're important mm -hmm. yeah yeah, so you're obviously doing it again this year. When will you start? What time of year do you do this? Well, for us here, um, I guess when the weather gets nice, you know, in uh, whenever the plants start coming up and I start to see butterflies, you know, land on my milkweed plants, that's mm -hmm. when I'll start. Mm -hmm. um, that's okay. when it started last year. So I would say here it was probably June. Okay. Um, when this all started for me, you know, but where you are, it might be later you know i'm not really yeah. sure yeah or even earlier because we saw a ton of butterflies you know this week right um, that's what i mean so yeah. yeah yeah i may need to get started a little sooner here 
Hey there, we are nearing the end of our conversation and I wanted to take a brief pause really quickly to tell you thank you for listening today and thank you for supporting Four Animals for Earth. I am just so happy that you're here. I would love to chat with you and to hear from you and hear what you think about today's episode. So come find me. I am on Instagram at Four Animals for Earth and say hi. You can comment or DM me. Uh, It doesn't matter. I would just love to connect with you and hear from you. So let's go ahead and wrap up our show now with a simple idea. The idea of making a difference for the ecosystem seems pretty daunting or overwhelming. But to your point, it's like you do one little thing, plant milkweed. I mean, that's what you did. You you planted milkweed. And now look, it's like all these things have happened since then. Um, if someone's listening to the conversation and they're, they're excited about this, um, what would you kind of summarize into a simple way to get started? Yeah. A simple way would be plant milkweed. That would be the first thing. And just try to learn as much as you can. You know, I did put the Facebook page up, you know, if anybody wants to um, go to my Facebook page, there's not a lot on it right now. I put some pictures up there and ask me questions. I'll be happy to answer you questions on how I got started. Um, but my greatest source, honestly, has been YouTube and Google. And just really know where your sources are coming from. Um, but, you know, get yourself a little butterfly habitat. Um, yeah, and watch what happens. Or, you know, get on YouTube, watch the documentaries first and see how you can help in your area. Yeah, and yes. go as big as you want, you know. It's kind of addicting. It just gets a <laughs> Um, (laughs) yeah yeah, I I can imagine I can imagine well thank you for for being on here and talking and sharing everything that you've learned and that you know and I think it's just a really neat tactical simple way to make a difference that Mm -hmm. literally every single one of us can do so um i really appreciate you being on here and sharing oh thank you and it's a happy topic with everything going on you know you have me all excited now like i i can't wait until i can get out there in the garden and you know and start doing all this and uh really good point that you made at the end too you know everybody could just do one little thing you know, plant milkweed, you know, that's, that's basically throwing seeds into your grass. <laughs> it grows everywhere. It grows anywhere. It's a really easy plant. It's hard to kill. It's a weed. Um, yeah. And that's all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, please consider hitting subscribe, rating or reviewing us, telling a friend, any or all of the above truly make a difference. The more people we can reach, the more people I can find to interview and the bigger impact we can make together. Keep an eye on your feed. We'll be back soon with the next episode. Thanks. Bye.